0: Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrew and I'm here with Peter Coghill, Chris Ragg and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights and this week we're discussing multitasking. So Nick, what's your problem with multitasking?
1: Well, I've just been on holiday because it's been Christmas, and um, yeah, I just I noticed that being on holiday, being out, not connected um, to Wi-Fi for some of it, and then being in uh, in fairly isolated place in in Norfolk, and yeah still you know I had email to check I had things I could sort of get on with I had a list of tasks which was massively optimistic because you can't get anything done over Christmas and uh you know and then I had to sort of look at those tasks and make sure I wasn't missing any of them and shunt them forward you know appropriately and it just occurred to me you know this is not this is this is not technology making my life easier this is technology imposing a large amount of uh, burden on me um that uh you know it, it shouldn't be the case life should be easier uh and i just and i feel like um i i what you know used to be you would think i need to do this thing and you would do it now there is just quite a lot of it's there's a perpetual in tray you know of emails to check of facebook notifications to check of reminders of renewal of subscriptions to renew of you know of all these things that you have to do and um uh, and and i don't like uh and we've said multitasking—that's a misnomer. I mean, it's really task switching, is what we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, I mean, and this is what I was just about to doing say: doing one thing, replying to an email, then getting back to the thing you were writing, and then having to, you know, make a phone call, and then having to, uh, you know, update your, your calendar because of some other thing that's happened. And um, and I I hate that. I, I mean, I have to do it. I do it all the time, um, but it just feels very unproductive to me. And I and I just wonder if technology is going to make that better or worse.
0: Well, let's clarify things here because Ramon. Yeah, I feel you know know, know um, rather led up the garden path with this subject because we're actually not talking about multitasking as you correctly say we're talking about um hey haven't we got loads of stuff to do because of technology well yeah it's it's
1: also the the fact that you have to switch between media so much mm. you know. It's not a matter of here's my letters. I'm going to reply to the letters today. It's got to check my phone, got to check, do something online, got to open up a thing, got to log into something else. Got to, you know, it's just a whole different tasks all the time, different types of tasks.
0: Yeah. I mean, also, it's, it's, I think it's an interesting topic. And it's actually because something that's a, I, I often feel like that. Um, and I felt like that. And I thought it was I felt like this for the last, I don't know, four or five years, and I always thought it's because it's in those four or five years that I became freelance, um, and suddenly I've got more stuff to do, and I don't have such a defined period of time that is work. But actually, that four or five year the years probably coincides with the introductions of things like you know smartphone, for example. Um, yeah, Chris. Yeah, well, I was, I was just going to say I think it's um,
2: it's important to di- to distinguish between being overloaded with um, activities that you have to do and switching between different activities and uh, and the different you know you can be saturated doing one one task if you know somebody gives you you know a hundred dishes to wash in in two seconds you you know you can't you can't complete that task but it's it's more i think what nick's getting at is this this issue of um what most people call multitasking but is actually task task switching because we we know actually humans can't really do multitasking they can't um, you know, concentrate on two activities simultaneously. uh, but what we tend to refer to as multitasking is where you're doing uh activities sort of in parallel where you have you switch between them and it's the inefficiencies that are created by that switching you know you're having to change from doing one thing using you know whatsapping your friends through to doing a google search on your on your computer or whatever um, it's it's the inefficiencies that are created by switching between different types of tasks and um, activities that are creating the 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 problem really here and I think new technologies do tend to lend themselves there are there are much more things you can you can have lots of browser windows open uh in a way that with you know um older media you you couldn't you couldn't do all of these things simultaneously you had to go somewhere else to open a book on something and sit down and do it for a period of time or go to the library or whatever but now we can have all of these activities running simultaneously and uh, it's very easy to never quite complete any of them. To to feel I've I've just done a bit of that one, oh, now there's something pinged over here, and I'm distracted, and uh, and so on. And I think that's that's where the kind of cognitive loading, the burden, is is coming from.
3: Uh, Peter, I th- yeah, I, I, I so the, the task switching thing. I, I, I think there's an interesting dimension where there's a t- if you view your tasks. Say we've got multiple projects running. And within each project, there are tasks. And with each of those tasks, there are sort of subtasks. It's an interesting sort of hierarchical thing. And and I think a lot of the burden comes from your task switching to switching focus to um, uh, read yourself back into where you were last at if you're progressing something. And then switching over to something else and reading yourself back into that so you can progress that. Um, And yes, I, I, I I take your point, Nick, that lots of apps and widgets and things are pinging off and going off and distracting you um uh th- but there are ways to sort of optimize and so there are sort of disciplines you can practice i think to to prevent them being too distracting so to, i, I I'm, I'm forever turning on and off notifications on my phone or on uh or, or uh on my computer so if i've got something i really need to concentrate on for an hour then i'll tell my computer not to tell me about emails that come in whereas if i'm in more of a uh uh, flippant work practice mode. Then I'll have all the notifications going off, and I'll just sort of deal with them as it, as they come in. So there, there, there are. But that's a discipline thing. I have to actively do that to 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 manage it. And I and I wonder. I mean, we we say it feels unproductive doing this task switching, but what I what I'm not sure of is, are we? It may feel unproductive, but are we getting a lot more done because of the technology exists? I know for a fact that. Um, the job we kind of do the sort of very research based very um involving uh, looking up lots of information it just wouldn't be possible if we didn't have the internet and didn't have email and didn't have lots of these communications didn't have Google, didn't have all these huge online resources, it just wouldn't be possible if we had to physically go to libraries we would be going to libraries all over the country to get the information we needed because it wouldn't be in one place
2: and if you, if you look at other th- you know, in terms of being able to manage the speed of flow of information if you, you, know, if you look at things like flying a jet fighter for example, n- now you know that simply wouldn't have been possible for a human to do without a whole series of um, technological inputs. And also some of those, you know, the way those tasks are cued to, to a person. We, and we see it ourselves, um, you know, in like, the you know, the big example of where people study multitasking is driving because of the safety issue, you know, and can you use your mobile phone and drive at the same time? You know, Is it, how is it with hands-free and all those kinds of issues? um. And uh, you know, I'll come on to the distraction side of that in in, in a minute. But um, certainly, if you think about navigation and you know, satellite navigation or you know, Google uh, telling you where to where to go as you're driving, uh, you know, there's a strong argument to be made that it's a lot better having something telling you turn left here than the driver staring out the window while they're driving, trying to look for for signs and things. So, so I think there are there are pros and pros and cons. Sometimes it You know, it helps you deal with lots of tasks. Sometimes it creates additional tasks that might not be might not be needed.
1: Well, I did. I did a one man time emotion study today using me as the subject. And um, I made a list of all the things I did today okay. so, that, so we're talking about a roughly a three hour window and um I, they were basically i think they, it's interesting to think of it in terms of there's being basically four kinds of tasks you've got one and and the relationship that those tasks have with technology this is helpful for me to break it down this way mm-hmm. when i looked at it so first of all you have tasks that are definitely unchanged by technology so that includes kind of doing the washing up and having a bath and putting the heating on and taking the kids to school and shopping for food and then putting that food away when you get home all of that stuff is pretty much unscathed by technology. Well, Um, maybe in your life. Well, I mean... well, it, I mean, that makes very little difference. Yeah, I know, but I don't do that as it right. happens. So these yeah. just for me, anyway, are anyway. Tasks that. then you've got the, the sort of type two tasks, which are more work, but probably better. So that includes things like recharging my electric toothbrush, which is not something that I would have done, you know, 50 years ago, because they didn't have rechargeable toothbrushes. And, um, you know, things like having my alarm clock on my phone, which requires a bit of extra work and um, recharging my e-cigarette. No one had to recharge a cigarette for 10, 15 years ago. Uh, but they're better they're better things Mm. then we have things which are roughly the same amount of work but definitely better these are really good things and they i think these are all the things that actually uh the internet was really you know is is at its best at it's things like arranging appointments by email and then calendar management um online conference calls uh putting putting dates in diaries and things like paying an invoice where you know you would have had to send a check or get the bank or something and that is so much easier and if you like that is to do with information sharing um and then finally the really the annoying tasks the tasks that actually i think i object most to are the ones that are more work for absolutely no, no more achievements in terms of my life. And, and so there were two today. And I don't think that's un, this, is not, um, you know, this is not unusual. I feel like there's at least one or two of these every day. So first of all, I got a cancellation of my antivirus uh, contract, which was erroneous. They sent me an email saying they canceled it because I sent them a query about something totally different. So that was, that's something I then have to, what do I do? I've got to kind of log in. Of course, it's impossible to find out who to contact or you know, you could send an email And it's the wrong email address, and it's a one of those tasks which is balloons out of control because you then have to, you know, you've got to kind of manage your approach. It's a very simple thing, which just wouldn't exist. This problem would not exist without the internet. And then uh, the other one was um, I had to update my payment information for for a, a web service. And uh, there was no – I couldn't – the link they sent didn't work. I couldn't, I couldn't log in through Google using it. And then when I logged in through the normal method, there was no update payment information button. These are actually – these are the things I think which bug me the most. Um, it's this sort of thing where you – these tasks d- did not exist 10, 15 years ago. And I feel like they still – they occupy quite a disproportionate amount of my life.
0: Well, um, I mean – and sorry, before you come in, Chris, I mean, it's interesting um... – by the way, I suppose you didn't add uh, podcast research in there as well.
1: Well, that's fun. So researching, researching for the podcast, that's, that's... Yeah, I don't mean in
0: the last one. I mean in the
1: third group that you said. That, that is, yeah, that's, that's, that is definitely, that, that is classic top right. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, yeah. In other words, this is sort of le- same amount of work, less work much better results being able to see that's i love that kind of thing that's what the internet is made for yeah
0: what strikes me from what you've been saying there is and that list probably sounds fairly similar to all of us and our own our own daily lives what strikes me is the volume of stuff there now i wonder if we were having this conversation 15 years ago um i wonder if we would struggle to find the same variety and volume of tasks and i think this maybe that's what it's about is that you can do all this stuff and so you do and and it all starts to get a little bit overwhelming. Um, yeah,
2: I mean, I I, I think um, one of the one of the most difficult things to deal with is um, simply the sort of uh, rapidity with which things. Uh, come in. So previously, you, your correspondences would have turned up in the morning with the mail. You would have sat down and gone through those. You know, if you were a, a journalist or whatever, um, and that would have been that would have been done and dusted. Whereas now, the things I find most um, cognitively uh, burdensome are. Uh, you know, lots of these kind of social um, group messaging kind of apps that people use like Slack or WhatsApp or whatever they might be, um, where simply just the frequency of communications coming coming in is, is very high. And you could you can there's a timeliness about them. Uh, so if you want to engage in the conversation, you have to have to be. You know, respond in a timely fashion. But um, it's if you're trying to do something else, as Peter was saying, you know, you can turn off your um, uh, your sort of um, you know your your um, Your notifications, notifications, your notifications. Um, But uh, if you want to be engaged in that, you have to constant. It's like effectively these um, you know these these uh, platforms are like being constantly engaged in a whole series of conversations it's like being at a dinner party while, while where everybody is asking you questions and and t- talking about things and you're trying to be involved in them all that that's where i find it is most uh it is most distracting uh, and multitasking is most difficult
0: okay so going on from there peter
3: uh, something well when when I've got multiple projects on the go that I'm involved in big you know big groups of work that's when I I find most sort of distracting and uh, the most stressful the highest level of anxiety is if there's lots of things that are calling on my time rather than one thing I can sort of concentrate on it doesn't matter it, it, it's it's not so much how complicated those tasks are it's just if there are lots of different very different things that are going in different directions I find that quite bamboozling at times whereas having one particular project i can hold all of it in my head Hmm. Um,
2: and and i think that's the thing it's the um you know the the familiarity of the tasks you're trying to switch between uh and your your sort of proficiency at those those tasks uh, has a big impact you know and research has shown it's got a, a, a big impact on your ability to deal with with moving between them efficiently so if it's you know if it's two things you're not used to doing if it's a new skill you're you're acquiring um then it's you know it's um, much more difficult to switch efficiently between them than if it's something you know motor skills all the time we can we can walk and talk at the same time time and and converse that's not that's not a problem for us they're both very familiar tasks but if somebody asks you to start um skiing and you've never skied before and have a conversation you won't you won't be able to uh to do those things you know at the at the same time
0: um i think i think there's an issue here of personality type as well because i'm i can be a little bit impressionable and quite easily distracted and so god forbid if sometimes And it is valid sometimes I need to do a bit of research on how to do something on YouTube, for example. And I find myself two hours later, you know, looking looking at my 50th cat video or something. But anyway. Yeah, but um, I think
1: think that's completely normal. I think we've got this. We've sort of managed to work ourselves into it. We still have a kind of work ethic, I think. Um, you know, which which pretends that the internet and these distractions don't exist, and and that you know, I think there's an expectation of people responding to their e- emails quickly, yeah, um, and uh, you, you know, uh, and that's really uh unhealthy i mean i think it is cognitively unhealthy it certainly induces stress but i think in my, you know certainly in my case uh, my creativity is greatly reduced because i because it means that you know some things just need as peter was saying they need time they need time to upload them into your head mm. you know it takes time to read yourself back into a task and to get all your thoughts where they were when you last left off So that you can then actually begin to make genuine progress, particularly things like document production, when you're writing or writing something. Um, Documents are really complex, uh, you know, things to produce and they have a complex sort of structure and you have to know where you were before. Now, if you're in the middle of writing a paragraph and you then an email comes in and you think, I'm just going to check, it's not something I have to respond to you've already lost you know that's that's the thing because because you will get sucked into it you'll think
2: oh that's good i'll just you know i'll just archive that and then i can not but even if you don't get sucked into it just taking you out of that moment you then have you you go from i've literally read the title of that email Back to your original task, and you have to reassemble your mental model of what it was you were doing then, and that's where the
0: that's where the inefficiencies come in. So, I want to slightly move. I mean, we, I'm looking to wrap up pretty shortly, but I want to move away from sounding like grumpy old men mm. struggling with technology. Well, I think um, this is I uh, know, but I think I think this is. We want have to talk to about solutions.
1: Face, yeah, but we've got to face this this is really important I think I mean this is affecting everyone in the world now and I think it's a really big cause of you know of, of, stre- of stress and reduction in productivity um, and, and potentially you know I mean as Peter was saying you can manage it but, it, but it's a real kind of doing that itself is cognitively draining
0: yeah, um, I d- so you know, well, you haven't heard from Peter it's not, it's for a not bit. Not grumpy but... old men, actually. Yeah, it's, you know, this is this is really important no, absolutely. But that's for... what I want to talk about. So solutions. So one thing. So we talked about, and even the solution itself involves turning stuff off. Or I mean, so so what's the answer? How do we feel less
3: stressed? So so I think I think a lot of the examples I've heard t- so far uh, about the um, about the distraction element and the not it, links in emails not working things. This is this sounds to me like a uh, a misapplication of the technology either the the, the information architecture i.e. how it's presented to you is poor or a mis a, a, a unavoidable mistake introduced by a third party um so I, it's not it doesn't sound those examples those negative examples don't sound like the technology's fault per se but how it's being applied um because i i mean i i as i said before i'm a huge techno-optimist and i think uh, technology is um uh, Enhance productivity beyond our wildest dreams, and we just wouldn't be able to achieve what we do today fifty years ago. Um, and I think that that sort of trend will only increase, but it does rely on good design and good engineering to make to make to make the most of the technologies without them becoming inherently distracting. Um, so I mean, like, I got I got, I, got, I bought myself a Nest a thermostat for for Christmas, mm. um, and I can already see its benefits taking hold. I mean, it's a piece of pointless, well, not pointless, a piece of unnecessary technology. The thermostat I had was working fine, um, but I can, uh, just the ability of to remotely control that thermostat without having to go downstairs is great. Uh, and the, the promise of the system learning my patterns of behaviour to predict when I want the heating on, um, so I don't have to manually go and interfere with the thermostat cut, cut so peter
1: arriving home tonight and his house has
2: melted <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, <laughs> but
2: but i i think that's a that's a really good example of where, where peter was talking about the intelligent aspect of it and it learning what you want to do and then taking that task on from you that that is good technology technology that learns from you so yes it might create a new job in the first instance which is to tell it when you want your heating to come on and off and and you know interact with it uh, and teach it but once it's learnt from you you never have to faff around with your thermostat again so it's actually reducing you know reducing tasks you but to but be i think <clears throat> see i think
1: one of the things we touched on and, it's, and it was interesting to me just from my thing this morning that actually the two examples that created the biggest headache were both things if you like going wrong is that i think and I'm a massive technological optimist as well. I'm, I'm in the Peter camp when it comes to sort of, uh, you know, what, what promises these hold. I certainly don't want to, you know, row any of this back. But one thing that I think technology, digital technology does is it, is it makes uh, systems much more fragile, by which I mean, um, if they are not performing close to 100%, their performance tails off very rapidly. Um, so, an example might be something like a you know a, a book compared to a kindle um, if if you lose a page of a book or you drop it in the bath or you, or it falls off the table you 've still got pretty much a whole book it's it 's close to a whole book if you do any of those things to a Kindle you know it, it doesn 't work at all it's and and or you know you forget your recharger and all these other things and 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 so and I think generally you know when you have things like you you have things like you well let 's take a thermostat you become dependent on the algorithm functioning well and if it does if it stops working um and it's in control of your heating you 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 are really in trouble you know whereas uh, the analog system of you going and switching it on when you're cold and off when it is is much more robust and i i think i think this this is the problem with the sort of so di- centralized things digital things things where the functioning becomes less and less uh, transparent to us are going to introduce lots of tasks when they go wrong which Hmm. are actually you know purely created by that technology and i and i think you know and i i I feel like that's actually where that's where a lot of the pain in the ass comes it's when well this link isn't working it's this payment method isn't working something else has gone wrong and there's no way of fixing it or at least fixing it is a 27 step process
2: um yeah and i i mean i think that 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 issue has always existed before, you know prior to digital technologies, because you just had other people and bureaucracies, and they were impossible to yeah, to yeah. fix yeah. Um, and they were totally opaque as well so um, you know but uh, to, to me the the key problem uh, with the technologies now is their ubiquity and your inability to escape them they 've made themselves addictive right so you you want them all the time that 's been their sort of success. And you know, I I wonder, you know, what Wordsworth would have written if he, you know, had a had a mobile phone and, uh, you know, Google. Um,
3: Probably a lot you know, less. Computer. If we yeah. take your yeah. word for it. He had some great. He would have had some great selfies. <laughs> he would have. I'm sure. He would have
1: uh, Instagrammed some, uh, some some daffodils. daffodils. Exactly. But, uh... <laughs> he could, exactly. He couldn't. He
2: could. He wouldn't have been able to to. to wander off uh, on, on his own and he wouldn't and, have been lonely no.
0: he wouldn't have been yeah. lonely so we'll, we'll wrap up there um, thank you as always for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast I'm Fraser and um, we've been here with Peter Coghill Chris Ragg and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights until next time bye bye